Hey, listener, if you've enjoyed Shakisha and the White Boy, consider visiting us at anchor.fm backslash SATWB and using the support button. Your support will help us to continue bringing you new episodes of Shakisha and the White Boy, as well as some other exciting things we have planned. Thanks so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Welcome, welcome. You're listening to Shakisha and the White Boy. I am Ryan, the White Boy Dinger, and I am taking you through this wonderful podcast journey, as I always am, alongside this show's better half, our dope-ass leader, fresh off a trip to LA where she was hustling as usual. I am, of course, referring to the one and only Shakisha Williams. Shakisha, welcome back from the coast. Hey, 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 hey. We were off last week, but you were not, as it turns out. How was LA? How was the trip it out? Was, oh man, listen, that's my, that, there are cities that you go to and when you get there, you feel like you want to puke. And then there are cities that you go to and you feel like yourself, like you're at home and yeah. LA definitely felt like a renewal for me. Like it felt so good being out there. So yeah, nice. I had a good time. That's awesome. I, I was thinking about when we first started even planning the episode, I think we actually talked about this before we ever even did an episode of the podcast we were talking about at one point this becoming a bi-coastal podcast because the long-term vision was for you to get out to LA. So it made me happy to see you out there taking steps to make that dream come true. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I was um, there for the QT um, reboot pilot screening, which was amazing. Um, nice. Shout out to Tamika Briscoe, one of our past guests. She actually opened season two. That was our first. She episode. was, yeah. She was. And it was freaking magnificent. Um, and I can't wait till we figure out a way to do something so we could have a live something and, yeah. you know, shake hands. Well, well, you know, <laughs> metaphorically, <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> shake hands because i don't know shaking hands and i don't kissing, know all y'all man y'all be kissing babies up. out you know, there shaking hands and kissing stuff. babies i can't with y'all and you know i'm washing <laughs> no. other hands and you're non-vaccine so i'll just <laughs> bow as i see you enter and, sh- and spread my love in that way good ble- blessing wow. blessings right? bless. that's a very respectful gesture in some cultures <laughs> so you know you just gotta Absolutely. expand your horizon a little bit it's all good right. so you had said there are some cities that make you puke and I, you know, I, I don't want to have you directly put anything on blast, but I'm curious, like, what's a city that you feel like makes you puke when you go there? Maybe it was the circumstances, but I lived in uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia for a while. And oh, it's not necessarily the people, because what I find about people in Virginia, the people are like mad cool. They kind of, you know, open arms when I lived there it was a long 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 time ago um yeah. when my son was a baby um so definitely in the 90s and for me it was I think it was maybe circumstances but I could not I was not a fan and also when I lived in Orlando um the the amount of confederate flags I ran into I was not feeling that yeah uh Orlando I have been to a few times and um 
not very impressive is what I will say. Uh, even like architecturally, it's not a very interesting city. I feel like everything is, looks the same. It's all that like beige stucco yeah. that you just see, you know, in any town USA out in the suburbs, like the whole Absolutely. thing is just, it's just made of that stuff. Absolutely. Not, yeah. And it's again, it's not necessarily the people, but I'm, I'm a person like when I was in LA, we, I stayed in Sherman Oaks. I visited, uh, the hills we were over near sunset like you can just get out and walk yeah like you can right, in right. new york mm-hmm. um and some of the stuff that i used to do in new york i don't do anymore so it was just a whole new vibe but yeah what about you you said you said i name names now so you gotta give me a city that i will i have one in mind already so okay. my city that always makes me puke is Las Vegas. Not a huge fan really? of Vegas. Yeah, really? I just, I don't know. I, like, I, I, so I'll say this. I think it's Vegas is worth going one time to experience Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. have the trip. Or, if, you or, have a, or if there's an event. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, so I will, I will cop to that. But the one, the thing I feel about Las Vegas is like, you go see it once and it's good. When I was there, two things, my favorite part of my trip, I will, uh, Actually, Caitlin and I went there when we were in college still. So pretty young, you know, early on in our relationship. And uh, my favorite part of that entire trip was leaving Las Vegas to go to the Grand Canyon, like actually getting outside of Las Vegas. I love that part of the trip. And the other thing I'll say about it is Vegas is like you do two, maybe three nights or whatever, and you're good. Like you're so good. And like, and I remember getting in the taxi to go back to the airport you know, at the end of our trip or whatever. And we get in and the the cabbies, you know, chatting us up or whatever. And he goes, so are you guys sad to be leaving? And we were both like, nah, like yeah. we're ready. We're ready to go home. That is the only vacation I can ever remember being on where I wasn't at least a little sad for it to be over Vegas. I was like, I'm good. Like it's time to go home. <laughs> I've had enough. Let's so get out of here. Yeah, yeah, Vegas definitely for me. I mean, you know, no offense to anyone who loves Las Vegas. Of oh course. no, of course. Like they're my town is for the listen, they make money because people love going, visiting, gambling. Totally. But yeah, you can only do so many buffets, you can only gamble so much before you're like, uh, and especially when you're from New York. And it's weird because the crowd isn't necessarily the same, like it's mm-hmm. not the same sort of feel and vibe, but it definitely the touristy thing is. From New Yorker to New Yorker, I'm going to give you an analogy about Las Vegas that I think is so true. Las Vegas, to me, it feels like they took Times Square and moved it 3,000 miles west and made it an entire city. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding. Isn't that exactly it? Like, and, you know, Times Square, cool for what it is. But, you know, if if you live up here and you know, like, you know, that's not an area that we're fucking with too much. It's got its place. It's got its place. But... Yeah. So no offense again. If if you love Vegas, do your thing. I'm not trying to stop you from that. If you love Virginia, if you love Orlando, rep for your city hard. <laughs> rep today. Send, yeah. us, send us some Orlando. content that maybe the next time we visit, we can get a new feel for it. <laughs> that's true. I, w- I would love to do a segment that's just like Shakisha and the white boy get suggestions about places they don't like and it's like meant to sway us like i don't know what the name of the segment is yet but like you know we go to these places and try these activities that people say and they're like no if you try this you'll see that orlando is actually a really great place good <laughs> luck good idea good luck. We're she's in the white boy at gmail.com send us your, your suggestions for orlando 
Virginia Beach or uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> right, exactly. So fam, we're actually going old school on today's episode of SATWB. We don't have a special guest. It's just going to be Shakisha and me talking about a topic that interests us. And today's topic is a good one because we're going to be discussing toxic positivity. What is it? What are some examples of it? Does it even exist at all? We're going to talk about all that a little bit later on. But before we get to that, we start, as we always do, with a segment we like to call WTF. What? Fuck. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck, Richard? What the fuck? WTF, Shakisha, we are going back to a social media post for today's topic of discussion. So I was scrolling Twitter earlier this week and a user by the name of Ben Collins, who's uh, at his handle is at one underscore. And then he has an underscore. Very clever. Actually, I didn't notice that before. Anyway, Ben Collins has pointed out that there is currently a conspiracy going around Facebook that Joe Biden has a body double. And so he's screenshotted some images that have been going around on this now viral Facebook posts. And what it is, it's an image of Joe Biden getting his booster shot, I think, rolling up his sleeve, getting the, you know, the next round of the vaccine. And on that arm, you know, there's no tattoo or anything. Well, there's a picture that they have also found of Joe Biden next to a Trans Am where he has a tattoo on his left arm. And so they're saying, you know, the, the theory now is that because there's this image of Joe Biden that exists with a tattoo on his left arm. And, you know, you can see in this picture of him getting the booster shot that there's no tattoo. The theory is that he has a body double that they've been using because I guess Joe Biden, you know, sleepy Joe or whatever, he's, he doesn't have a lot of energy. Uh, so they need a body double for him. The thing about this, Shakisha, is that the image of Joe Biden standing next to a Trans Am is taken directly from a 2009 story by The Onion with the headline, Shirtless Joe Biden Washes Trans Am in White House Driveway. Now, if you know anything about The Onion, as I'm sure you do, Shakisha, it is a parody site. It doesn't actually do real news, and it often does photoshops for its stories, which are completely 100% made up. Story that came out in 2009, now a critical piece of evidence in a baby boomer Facebook conspiracy. Shakisha, your reaction. Oh, boy, 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 boy. Um, I mean, The Onion is the epitome of fake news, no disrespect. Um, <laughs> that's the intention of it. Is to make <laughs> right, news. right, we are. That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> all day, all day. And... I mean, it goes as far back that I think The Onion is a political parody of Mad Magazine, and Mad Magazine was totally. a parody of entertainment and politics in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and no one took Mad seriously, I guess, because they had the, the uh, we call it the puppet man. Yeah, the uh, I can't think of his name, but yeah, the, the bubble face, the mascot. Odie Odie? What was Mag his name? Is Not Odie Odie. Well, make your point, and I'll look up his name. So, yeah, like, I guess because that's the face of Mad Magazine, people don't tend to get all, you know, bit out of shape about it. But Alfred E. Newman was his name. Alfred E. Newman. <laughs> he does sort of look like Alpha Alpha, which is sort of Alpha, like Alpha, Odie Odie. Yeah, Alpha Alpha from the Little Rascals. Yeah. Maybe that's where you were going with the Odie Odie. I anyway. don't know. Um, no, there place. was a puppet back in the day. 
and he was like, you know, a children's, you know, a children's television show. Okay. Um, but for me, the 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 idea that people will do anything to make their point, the idea that people mm-hmm. will glob onto anything to be right, is something that I have come to know. I honest to God wish I knew when I was in kindergarten when they were talking about the golden rule, and if they had taught me, look. So this is what's going to happen in your life. You will see statements made and they will be so untrue. And in your mind, you're like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing you could ever say. And what's going to happen is people are going to make you try to try to believe that that statement is correct. No matter how much you see those statements. Remember, the sky is blue. The sun is yellow, (laughs) orange on some days. Remember this because you will have to know it because people will try to guide you and force you to tell their narrative. Um, Because it's not really a golden rule out here in these streets. It's really not. Yeah. It's really not. And it's funny because of the hairy Joe Biden arm. I think that's probably (laughs) the funniest bit of it. Like they gave him a clean, like a clean physique with the, with the Photoshop. When in yeah, all actuality, real arm. He's got an yeah, old he is white a, guy arm. Yeah, a snowback gorilla <laughs> in real snowback. life. What I think is funny, and it's it's funny that you made the parallel to Mad Magazine and like how people knew not to take that seriously. Well, there definitely was a time when people understood that the Onion itself was also, you know, uh, not real. Like, you know what what the what the purpose of it is. I mean, the Onion's been around, I think, since at least the 1990s. It's been around a long time, but oh, some, but way past, like like in the 80s, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. Uh, but what's funny is someone in this Twitter thread under you know Ben Collins' initial tweet makes the point. And I don't want to call this person out because it's. I, you know, I'm not attacking them. I just found this point interesting is like, uh, this person said, one does have to wonder how long the onion can stay in business. And sort of the implication there is that like the onion is at fault for making photoshops that like people can now use in bad faith. And I just feel like that's completely missing the point because like, even if the onion didn't exist, Photoshop still would. So it's not really like, the onion isn't at fault for putting out. You know, what they do. It's like it's it's the lack of digital literacy that exists on the you know base Facebook user now, and these people who just like aren't aware or forget all the time that Facebook is a thing, and that like many of the images you see aren't real, you know, in a sense. And yeah, I just love that like the full circle of like an onion story that came out in 2009 now being used at, to like purport something, you know, to say that like, Oh, this is a real thing that's happening. That Joe Biden has Absolutely. a body double, which almost sounds like an onion story itself. Right. Right? Like, <laughs> like, It's pretty great. I, I, well, uh, I will. Okay. So in all fairness there, well, before I get into that one, mad magazine was founded in 1952 too. Wow. And the wow. name of the puppet is howdy doody why it slipped my mind i don't know howdy doody was a puppet and i think i'm not saying it's based off howdy doody but the guy on the cover certainly resembles howdy doody which would make perfect sense for the time so yeah mad magazine released 1952 my point is that there was tales probably in 1819 that ivan and ivanka um what was the what was his wife's name? See, I told listen, I tell Ryan Melania. all the time. 
when you are done, when I am done with you, when you are gone, I forget everything about you. <laughs> Cannot remember this man's wife's name, Melania. Melania. Thank Melania, you, yeah. my God. Melania had a body double that was strong. I in remember the that. Press. I know. I remember that. That is. I was so, thinking about that as well. So I'm just saying it goes both ways. We can talk <laughs> about body doubles on both sides. If Melania can have one, certainly Joe <laughs> Biden could have one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's just another layer of it. And that's, that's like, encapsulates so much of the like current political state is so much of the like Republican Party at this point is them saying, like projection, right? Like they always are pointing out, oh, they're doing this. And it's always the thing that they're doing. Like, I yeah. feel like he who, he who shall not be named was so perfect at that. Like, you know, he accuses everyone else of doing the things that he himself was always doing. So, um, yeah, just just an insane time to be alive. You got to be better, Facebook boomers. You got to be Come better. On. They, but Facebook folks and groups and, and people love this kind of stuff. That's why the whole conspiracy about Russia getting involved, which I still feel like on some level there was there was some Russian stuff. Oh, for sure. Everything everything's not Russia, y'all. Like no, y'all I, I totally spazzing. Agree. Y'all yeah. are truly out here spazzing in these streets. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. I I believe that Russia did have some influence. Um and I think it's a lot more nuanced than people are willing to yeah. accept that it was all these different factors, right? But you know, Russia is um it was like like when I feel like people talked about Russia like changing votes and stuff. It wasn't that right. deep, right? It was like being able to do very quick shadow Facebook posts of disinformation yeah. and just like affect people that like way, this. Right? Yeah, like exactly this. like this. Exactly yeah. like this. So you got to be it's better. It's a lot we, easier we to create some shit and make it like make it a marketing tool than it is to actually change a vote. What? Fuck. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck, Richard? What the fuck? The Facebook boomers are at it again. Mm-hmm. That, that conversation went to a place that I was not expecting it to go. You know, we got into Russia and stuff, but it, it, there's it's such an obvious tie-in that yeah. I'm glad you took it there. So... Thank you for that. Thank you for You're bringing welcome. Russia back. You're so welcome. Joe Biden. I did love those Onion articles. Do you remember those? There was a time during uh, the Obama presidency where uh, the Onion had made this like caricature of Joe Biden as this like 1980s like frat guy like out in the driveway <laughs> washing his Trans Am and stuff. It was like such an amazing time for satirical news. <laughs> Before he was president and actually taking real heat. laid back joe he was laid back joe at that time (laughs) yeah yeah exactly uh great conversation time for another one and i am actually very interested in this conversation we're about to have my friend because we're talking toxic positivity and this is a phenomenon that i've only heard about recently in fact i think it was actually earlier this year that it's made it that it finally like made its way into my consciousness Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about that and what I found probably not super surprising is that that seems to be the case for a lot of folks, because in doing my research for this episode, the vast majority of what I found were stories and articles, links from 2021. So the first thing I wanted to say, and that what I'm curious about, Shakisha, is if this is a term that you are familiar with or something you had heard of before we started talking about doing this episode. Um, I can't say I can't say that I haven't, but it wasn't something consciously when you brought it up that I was like, oh yeah, okay, let's go. I just liked kind of the ideas that were floating around, but no, it wasn't something that's in my everyday vernacular. Yeah. So 
I looked up the definition, toxic positivity, because it was only a term that I had heard before we started planning this episode. So the the psychology group defines toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. And something else that was in this research research said, oftentimes people who are excessively optimistic can find themselves in states of denial or repressing their emotions. Um, I did find some examples of toxic positivity that we can talk about later on, but I actually wanted to start the conversation um, with how I actually came up with this as a discussion topic in the first place. And it begins like so many of our segments have recently with a social media post that I saw earlier this year. Um, And the point of this is not to call out the poster or anything like that, but I found the social media post. uh, It was actually shared by a friend of mine on Instagram. And um, this is not to blow up anyone's spot. It's just a conversation point, but let me read the post and then I'll tell you sort of how I arrived at toxic positivity. So the post says, Thinking about how Fiona's bit in the first Shrek movie about how ogres are so ugly and unlovable, which is overheard by Shrek, is the perfect example of how self-deprecation can really harm not only the people around you who love you and care for you, but also people who share the same characteristics that you are mocking in yourself. And then there's a follow-up from the screenshot from another user, uh, I think this is from Tumblr, that says, I need to do a better job of reminding myself of this. So I don't actually don't remember this scene in Shrek. It's been a long time since I've seen Shrek. But the thing that stood out to me about this post is I actually don't really agree with it. And I, I get that it's coming from a, a place. And this is why I wanted to say I don't want to blow up anyone's spot. Anyone who thinks like this, like it's not about that. But for me, when I read that, I kind of was like, yeah, I don't know about that one. And the thing that I don't like about the post is that like, now your view of yourself and like, you, you, like some people use self-deprecation as like a conversation tool or like, you know, just a way to sort of show humbleness in themselves and show like, oh, you know, I can make fun of myself and all these things. Now, the, the, what's being suggested by this post is that if you do something like that, that you're responsible for how other people respond to how you talk about yourself. And as much as I am all for considering other people's emotions and things like that, I don't like the idea that like, if I say something bad about myself, I am responsible or it's a reflection of another person other than just being a thing about like, I could think something negative about myself that has nothing to do with anyone else. Right. And so that's kind of where I came with it. And so I was talking with Caitlin about this and Caitlin said, well, that kind of sounds like toxic positivity. You know, this idea that like, you always have to be positive. You even have to be positive in the way that you speak about yourself. You're not allowed to be self-deprecating because you could hurt someone else if you do, because they may see qualities in themselves that are like yours. And if you don't like those qualities about yourself, that would mean that you don't like that their qualities about them. Do you follow what I'm saying here? Yes. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, what, what are your thoughts? Well, first, since you brought it up, let's talk about the Shrek scene that's referenced here what happens is so if you haven't watched shrek shrek is an older he falls in love with a princess the princess actually has a spoiler alert gotta say that nowadays (laughs) 10 year old in 1998 oh my god it's been 20 years guys trust and believe i've heard no spoilers on a lot of classics (laughs) for real um but anyway so fiona 
herself has been cursed to become an ogre at midnight and she'll face her true form when she finds true love. She feels like Shrek will not love her as her ogre form. So she's actually talking about herself right. and not Shrek, but Shrek overhears this yeah. and like, oh, wow, that's how she really feels about me. Okay. Now, that being said, I don't know how this article was able to create a dissertation uh, from this from the scene uh, or to even come to this conclusion. Now, what I will say about the human mind is we create the world that we want. And that's in every, I think we talked about this on our very last episode. Um, I forgot the terminology that you use, but basically... Um, we create the world around us. Yeah. We create biocentrism. Right. Thank you. We create yeah. every single thing that uh and for for those of you who who aren't familiar with Ryan's term or the term that he you know discovered recently or knew for a million years. I don't fucking know. Um <laughs> but it's it's been known for centuries as the law of attraction, right? Yeah. Right. So technically, um you know, we tend to relive these patterns and these behaviors until we uncover them and understand what we're doing. Fatherless daughters tend to seek out men who reinforce an idea of men leaving or what they mm. feel like a man should be. Uh, people who are uh, have low self-esteem seek out relationships with other individuals that kind of reinforce that pattern within them. And until you understand what's going on, you know, you tend to, to do that. So technically, technically, technically they are correct however the mm. thing with law of attraction is if you you can easily override something negative so yeah. if i said something in passing like looked in the mirror and looked at my ass it's like oh god i wish you know it was higher or tighter or whatever the fuck i'm going through that day it doesn't even have to be my ass but i'm just saying mm-hmm. um you know i can easily override that by saying you know what and, and come with positivity but you are right um even and I feel this way as well, even though we are more enlightened and a lot of like you'll watch a movie from like the early 2000s or even like the 80s. And you're like, totally. oh, my God, the shit they were able to get away with saying, my God, what? Right. You know, we're in a more enlightened. More enlightened, we have access to more information far more quickly than any other time in human history. And yet we the stupidest motherfuckers. <laughs> It's really funny that you say that. I was just having a conversation last night about how dumb humans are. Like it really, and I'm not like, again, I, I get what you're saying, but I just think the idea like, and you know, I think you would agree, you know me pretty well. I'm pretty empathetic and like open to how your behaviors and stuff can affect other people negative, negatively, yeah. like being aware of other individuals. But I just, I don't, you know, when you're, when you're referring to yourself and it's singular, I don't think that like that the responsibility should, should move, should like go beyond you. You know, like, I think if you're saying something about yourself, it can just be that. And it doesn't have to be this reflection of how you see everyone else. Like, you know, if I said, Oh, I hate that I have blue eyes. That doesn't necessarily mean that I hate every single individual who has blue eyes. You know, I feel like it's reading too much into. So anyway, this is what got me thinking about toxic positivity, this idea that you can't ever be self-deprecating because if you're negative about yourself, someone could feel that and, Mm -hmm. you know, see that reflection in themselves. I think actually, quite honestly, sometimes it's like good to be 
critical of yourself. Uh, I think that's how or, it or, or the, the term self-esteem starts with you. So it's an esteem of self. So I yeah. cannot be monitored. I can't monitor yours and mine. So uh, as I said, I have some examples of toxic positivity also from the psychology group. Okay. Um, and the first one, actually, funny enough, I didn't even know this as we were leading into the conversation is hiding and masking your true feelings. This is I think you can make an argument is the idea that like, if you wanted to be self-deprecating or something and you felt like you couldn't because you didn't want to hurt someone around you, that that might be the idea of like hiding or masking your true feelings. Hmm. But I don't know. What do you think? Hiding and masking my true feelings. I'm a black woman who's worked in corporate America her entire career. Yeah. Early twenties. And if I didn't hide and mask my feelings, I'd have fought way too many or had like Mm. way too many lawsuits and, or, arrest records by now like yeah all the microaggressions that i've had to come up against a lot of times i have to hit it like send an email like low-key create an email say what the fuck i need to say and then create the email that says per our conversation or you yeah. know uh you know I'm, I'm hoping you know as as previously mentioned or <laughs> you know like you yeah. have to sometimes in this in this life I don't think everybody like especially you know when you deal with your parents and loved ones I don't think they always need to hear what the fuck you got to say or how it's important now what I will say is there's a pl- time and place and if you're offered particularly those in your life who you love if you're offered the opportunity or if you find an opportunity to speak up I, I say speak up you know but come on come on how, I mean how do you what's your take on it I think what you just said is really interesting. Uh, I think that there are times where it is necessary to hide your true feelings or to tell a white lie or, you know, withhold some of the truth so you wouldn't hurt an individual for sure. And I could see definitely how that could be the case for a black woman, you know, working in Um, you know, an office or something along those lines. Like when we work together, I could definitely see how you could run into situations where if you spoke exactly what was on your mind, it might've been a big problem for you. So I think on this one, what we, I think we're going to say we don't buy this as toxic positivity. Cause I actually am curious. I'm not convinced that toxic positivity exists. So I think maybe what is a good way to a good thing to do is as we go through this list, we can sort of say like, do we think this is real or okay. not, or is, or yeah, yeah. is it actually applicable? So I'm going to, okay. I'm going to put a no on this one. There's seven examples, which is perfect. So we'll see where we land and we can decide at that point if we think toxic positivity. Okay. Let's go next one. Let's see. Okay. So the next example is asserting after a catastrophe that everything happens for a reason. So I don't know if that's who. It's weird because for a long, I, that's a no for me. Um, but what I will say is it is definitely dangerous ground in when you go through something compartmentalizing and said, oh, you know, when you say everything happens for a reason, I don't think everything happens for a reason. I think time heals. Um, some of us figure out a way to make a bad situation and turn it into something more glorious, something that'll help other people. Like, I don't feel like, someone who loses a relative who was murdered, right? That's not a reason, but what happens, how that family carries on going forward turns into, that's what they call beauty for ashes, which means I've risen out of 
the insanity that I've faced and the work that I had to do to even get through that to now be a blessing maybe to somebody else who's going through the same thing and can maybe shed some light on how I dealt with it. And maybe that'll help somebody else. So that's what I will say. But, you know, like, I don't believe everything happens for a reason. I believe you can create something better after the fact. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think I would say, and this is a phrase that I've come up with, come up to a lot. It's a phrase that I find is used often by people of faith, to be quite honest, like, a, you know, God has a plan and stuff. And so like I, family members say this phrase a lot. And sometimes it is a little unsatisfying. I could see how it could be like, you know, like toxic positivity does sound like a very strong like, but you know, I could see how it be, it could be borderline because if someone's in mourning directly after a tragedy to like say that thing, I don't think it's very comforting. And like, I guess sometimes it can be maybe, um, you know, not considering the like depth of the person's emotion or like acknowledging the sadness and the, like the loss that they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So I actually, I think I'm leaning yes on this one, but you're saying no. So we need to figure out a a tiebreaker here. Okay. What I, okay. So I'm still going to say no, but what I will say is that I think people don't necessarily know how to interact with people in pain. Yeah. And don't know how to, you know, like we'll go on, you know, if especially if it's not somebody that we were necessarily close to, we'll go on. And sometimes it takes years for people to get past tragedy. Yeah. Um, I think the better thing to do is to say, cry it out, feel the pain. Right. And I'll be here for you if you need me. If you just want me to stay on the phone with you while you cry, if you need me to make you a meal, if you need me to clean the bedroom for you while you're going through it, I think that's a better way to do it than to, that's just that's just people not knowing how to deal with people in pain but that's it's still a no for me on toxic i'm gonna put no question mark and if if we come back and there's something there's like a close or something we'll have to revisit and see i am with that let's go yeah so we'll see you know if it it changes the game or not anyway uh so the next one is actually similar uh it's urging someone to focus on the positive aspects of a devastating loss so uh i i'm making this up but i guess an example of this could be you know um you lose someone you know a, a parents lose a child to cancer, let's say, which is obviously a very, very sad to have kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, they, you know, someone says to them, well, you know, at least that child isn't suffering anymore. Something along those lines of like, well, at least there's this, that's kind of what I'm thinking they mean by that. Uh, similar to, you know, everything happens for a reason. Or so, right, right, right. Or someone, they lose their home in a fire or, you know, earthquake or tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine you lose your home in a fire and someone says, well, you had good insurance on it at least. Like, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. But I can't get my mother's, you know, wedding pictures back. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, um, that's a, uh, Okay, well, this I think this is a good no, time. I'll say yes. I'll yes. say yes. I'll say yes. Uh, Cause uh. let's say, let's say yes on this one and no on the last one. So it's, it's sort of in between, cause they are similar. Right. So they I think, are. I think if you have no and yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like a good, compromise on the two right okay Okay. the next one telling someone to get over their grief or suffering and focus on the good things in life yeah what do you think yeah that is is it toxic for some people it can be for some people that kind of 
you begin to think it's something wrong with me if you you're grieving past whatever that other person feels in the expiration date or more than one person even yeah. uh has an expert like you're still going through this girl when i lost mine it didn't take me that long to you yeah, know yeah. divorce or whatever the whatever that looks like for that person um so i'll say yes to that one too yeah i am yes. feeling yes on that one myself um or yeah. at least as you were speaking, I was thinking like maybe we can put maybe if we're if we're sort of torn, but no, I'll say yes. Next up, labeling people who always appear positive or do not share their emotions as being stronger or more likable than others. Mm. But if someone is a is masking pain, right? Yeah, How right. would someone know? You know, like unless that person came, you know. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know how. Mm, that's a hard think, one. How would you know? Yeah, I think it's this idea of broadly that like there is, you know, um, and it, it's more of like a masculine trait, I'll say. But there's this, uh, or like a masculine expectation rather of like, you know, it, you're a stronger man if you don't cry, for right, example. Right, right. Like that's what okay, comes to okay, mind for okay. me. Um, you know, if you're someone who's can always be stoic and not show emotion that, you know, that that's strength. And I think that that's definitely a conversation that we just as a society have been having lately of like, no, actually it's healthy to cry sometimes and like show sadness or actual emotion and, and let yourself feel the things so that they don't get bottled up and, you know, you hold them in for 25 years and then yeah. it, you know, ends in some type of tragedy, you know, suicide or, or something else along those lines. So I think I, I could see yes on that one. Um, and I think that that's generational too. Like, I think my generation has, is a lot better in terms of like men being able to openly discuss crying or like, I mean, y'all grew up on the, on the cranberries and Rob, <laughs> Rob Thomas. So yeah, no doubt. No Rob, doubt. Thomas. <laughs> Rob Thomas has never made me want to cry. My God, that smooth. Enrique that Iglesias. Puts a smile on my How about Enrique Iglesias? Enrique, of course. I mean, that man, <laughs> KMOCN now. <laughs> I think we're going to go yes with uh, sure. number five. Okay. <laughs> number six, urging people to thrive no matter what adversity they face, such as by telling people that they must use enforced time at home during the COVID 19 pandemic to develop new skills or improve their fitness. So yeah. an example, of this would be like, you know, during the pan, during the early days of the lockdown, I'm sure you remember people being like, well, Shakespeare wrote three of his comedies while he was on lockdown on the bubonic plague, which I'm sure is not even true, but that was like the shit that people <laughs> remember these conversations. Yes, I do. And I have to say a hard, oh God. Toxic. I'm torn on is this one. Toxic? Is it toxic? Okay. I won't say that it's, toxic positivity i'll say it's a little bit is is it akin to being douchey or like one of those women who have like the blogs and trying to make other mothers feel bad because they're not yeah. sourcing their you know you know still breastfeeding after a year or not making <laughs> baby food you yeah. know at right. home and 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 is that is that the same thing i think that this, that's a version of it for sure i mean i, I think there are levels to it yeah like you could be that which feels super toxic but you could also be someone who thrives on busying your mind being active while you're stuck in lockdown and because that works for you 
you're suggesting to other people like, oh, you have all this time, what a good, you know, opportunity to make the best of it. But, you know, right. of course, during the COVID-19 lockdown, if you were feeling depressed and down and gloomy, I mean, Which we a didn't lot a show, of people were going through. Yeah, we didn't do it. We didn't do any episodes for a long time because we yeah. were both in that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I see both sides of it. I think that there are levels to it. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. Gonna, I'm going to say toxic positivity. So in my mind, I'm feeling like a lot of these examples are based on the perception of the person being in the judgment place. Yeah. Or where they are psychologically in the judgment place. I, I agree. And I have a comment on this once we get through this list that, that's okay. about all this. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. I totally agree. All right. So let's let's go because I want to so we can riff on the comment. Go ahead. Yeah. Go so what do you one. what do you think about number six? We'll say I'm gonna say yes. I think it's possible for it to be toxic, but and then okay. uh you know what? I'm actually gonna make it a maybe because number okay. seven, I know I I have strong feelings about number seven. Yeah. Number seven, brushing off someone's concerns by saying it could be worse. I have experience with this personal experience with people uh, and I hate it. I absolutely, it does not make me feel better when I'm like trying to vent to someone and they go, well, at least you've got all these things or it could be like, it just does not help me in the moment. Not a fan, but I'm, I'm open to other perspectives. Um, I didn't, I never liked when, if I tell my husband something I'm going through and he would go, you know, um, someone explained it this way that women like to tell you that they have a nail in their head and men like to pull out the nail, but the woman's like, no, I don't need you to touch the nail. I just need to describe to you the yeah. pain of the nail. Um, and a man wants to like, I'm looking at the nail right there. It's in the middle of your forehead. Can I just pull? And you're like, I got this. Let me do it my way. So I do get upset when people tell me like it could be worse because it's almost like that basic, like when people say, well, you have nothing else to be grateful for. Be grateful for the breath in your body, but yeah. way less, way less, yeah. you know, organic. Totally. It's like, eh, it could be worse. Like, don't be dismissive. Right. Um, exactly. And it can you know, feel very or, dismissive. Or you know not to tell that SOB that again. Yeah. Yeah, totally right. So yeah. I, I have that one as a yes. I think absolutely it is. I, I, we have the tally now. We had seven examples. Out of those seven, we have two no's, four yeses, and one maybe. So based on this, it seems like we think toxic positivity exists to some extent, right? Mm -hmm. But here's what I was thinking. I said before I had a comment, I was thinking about this episode and I was thinking about you and I as people, Shakisha. And I think we're similar in that we can sometimes maybe lean a little bit too much into the negative side of our emotions and our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I actually personally, and, and I think you may feel the same. I feel like it's necessary sometimes to have people who can be, you know, more positive. Right. So like, it's funny that you were saying that there are levels to it. And like, it kind of depends on the person, you know, situational, who's, who's the right. one saying these things, who's the one receiving, receiving them. It, correct. And that's kind of exactly how I feel is like, I think there are situations where if someone did this for me, it, it would have been necessary. Yeah. You know, like, I think I need these things sometimes. What do you think about that? I mean, I think everybody needs uh, the other side, the spin, you know, sometimes you need to call a friend who, you know, will listen to you and then will give you like, um, for me, my friends know I need acknowledgement that you heard what I said. I then need for you to acknowledge that I have the right to feel that way. And then you can lean in with all of the, you know, sis, boom, ba, kick ass, you rock. 
after the fact. But sometimes for me, I literally just need someone to go, I get it. I get it. No, Mm -hmm. that shit sucks. It sucks. Um, So uh, toxic positivity means just giving someone room to feel what they feel without trying to override them or stop them in their tracks or feeling as if you have to fix it and change it or make them think another way. Sometimes people don't need that. Sometimes you just need to feel like you can say what you need to say in a safe space. Yeah. It almost um, feels like uh positive, to- you know, positivity is good. It becomes yeah. toxic positivity when they're like, you're saying when there isn't an acknowledgement first, of the person's feelings and the pain or depression or whatever it is that they're going through. Yeah. Let's talk about depression and anxiety and how we live in a a society that, you know, does so many, I mean, let's just think about all the people who lost their jobs, but at the same time, the people who kept their job, like you're like, Oh, you should be so fortunate to have kept your job during the pandemic, not knowing that someone's whole department was fired, let go, and now they have to do the the work of 10 men because the whole department's gone now. So you might say, oh, you wish you would, and that person wishes, please, God, let me get fired so I can just collect some of this pandemic uh, unemployment and sit in my house and be cool, watch some TV for a change. All these people, you know, creating classes and creating this and doing blogs. I wish I had the time because now I'm still, you know, manning the battle station. So you don't know what someone is going through. Um, I've had to learn several things. I've learned to stop commenting on women's weight Mm. because illness, because, you know, or or even saying to a woman, oh, you want to have a kid? Not there are a lot of women who don't want to have kids. There are a lot of women who suffer with uh, issues surrounding um, fertility. So having, or even their spouse might have it. So they can't talk about it, but it's none of my business. So me commenting on it or asking certain things, is just rude. It's not for me to know when they want to share that life or that side of their life with me, let's go. Otherwise I'm done. Like I got to And I started to really think about that, even in dealing with people who are non-binary and really being cognizant of the days um, that they want us to use. Yeah. And understanding that and 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 being very specific in how I think about what I would want in, in that case. So, yeah. Yeah. I think if you're a person and you're listening to this and you feel like maybe some of these examples are you or you do some of these things, I think it's exactly what Shakisha is saying is, yeah, I think it's fine to be positive and want to be that uplifting force or whatever. And, and I totally acknowledge that I need that. Sometimes I need that person to, 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 you know, help lift me up, help me see another perspective, get out of the doldrums that I can fall into. But I think it's exactly, you know, you need to, you can't do it without acknowledging the full scope of human emotion and human experience and the reality of negative feelings and that they exist and they're very real and just as valid and just as okay as non-negative feelings. Come on, come through. That's all for another episode of SATWB. Thank you so much to you, dear listener, for spending some time with us today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider becoming a monthly supporter, which you can do for as little as a dollar a month by using the support button at anchor.fm backslash SATWB. Your contribution will help us to fund future episodes as well as some other ideas we've got cooking. Shakisha, I thought we had a really good conversation today. A lot of nuance. Toxic positivity seems like it exists, but 
maybe not to the extent you know it's not as easy as the examples would have us think you can't just say 100 all toxic yeah. positivity all not did you what do you think did you learn something or you know how do you feel um i mean it's things that i think me and friends maybe even you at that point have talked about and really being aware that as a human being we all have like we can't just think of ourselves and pain or hurt that a lot of us are going through things that are beyond the scope of human understanding like how did you get through that mm -hmm. um and and sometimes our idea of what is hard may not even be you might not even touch or scrape the surface of someone else's heart so telling them it's going to be all right is what it is yeah we got to be more mindful that we all go through something and that we're a human race and that we're family and we got to be there for each other and stop trying to dismiss me. <laughs> I am valid. My <laughs> negative feelings are I valid. valid. Too. <laughs> you are valid. I want you to know that. And you listener are valid too. a quick reminder that if you have a topic that you'd like us to address on the show, or even a question, you can send it our way at Shakisha and the white boy at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, you can always send us a DM on our socials, which of course are Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're on YouTube now. We got clips up there. We're doing episodes. Give us a follow there while you're at it. Shout out to our guy, Berberock, who did our theme music, wrote and produced the dang thing. You can find more of his music at brbrck.com. And if you're listening and you're still at this point and you can, please don't forget to like and subscribe. It helps us so much and we really appreciate it. And I think with that, we got another episode in the can. As DJ Khaled would say, another one. Until next time. Peace. Yeah. You are valid. <laughs> <laughs>